the text for the message this evening is the gospel reading in John 4. Uh, I would like to remind you of just the last two verses there. Uh, Jesus speaking, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, this may seem like an odd place to go in the way of a beginning, but um, I was thinking of Superman, which is weird. I know that's weird, but uh, there was this movie, The Man of Steel, and I, I saw something interesting on there. Uh, Superman stole. I mean, you know, you don't really think of somebody like that stealing, but he did. Uh, he had been out on a, an oil rig where he was working and there was a big fire and he saved a bunch of people. Uh, but the big problem he had was all of his clothes got burned up. So he fell in the water and he didn't have any clothes on. And uh, you know, if you're naked, you got a problem. So he swims to shore, however many miles that is, he probably walked on the bottom or whatever. Uh, but he stole some clothes because you know, that would have been embarrassing. And um, I guess there's a real need there. I guess the big question would be, is that okay? <laughs> Which is a, a little odd sort of thing to think about. Uh, it seems like it would be okay. It seems like it was kind of necessary, even justified. But, you know, the commandment doesn't have a lot of wiggle room in it when it says don't steal stuff. Except Superman did. It's kind of amazing. Now, I, I'm only saying this because... Uh, in this reading with Jesus is a, a Samaritan woman and she doesn't have any of Superman's normal virtue and she finds herself in a great deal of difficulty. She's sitting at Jacob's well in Samaria and there are a couple of surprises here. Um, the, the first one that's difficult is she's there at high noon. It says it's the sixth hour and that's the way they measure things. So she's there at high noon and it's hot uh, and uh, everybody else is not there because it's hot. And, you know, you, you do this when the sun isn't quite so bad. But she's out there by herself on, on, a, on a bad moment because, well, she's, she's a little bit of a scandal. Uh, she has had a bunch of husbands. Uh, and the guy she's with now is not her husband. And Jesus knows about this and talks to her about it. Uh, and, and because of this, she is a scandal and she hides her shame. Uh, she doesn't go near people if she can help it because they're probably going to give her grief. But she's like everybody else. she got to have water. Uh, so she has to go to the well and she has done that in her shameful restriction, you might say. Uh, and I suppose she also seems to think that she needs a man to care for her uh, and whatever supposed need that is she has sinned and scandalized herself beyond anything she can fix uh, the, the other surprise here is that Jesus is here now, he's a, a pretty famous rabbi uh, Jewish people don't go through Samaria because those folks are uh, pretty seriously outcast to the Jewish community most people go around Samaria when they're going from north to south or south to north, but he didn't do that this time. He went right down through the middle of it, 
and he sat down at Jacob's well, and there he finds himself sitting with a Samaritan woman in the middle of Samaria, which I guess is not a terrible big surprise, except it's high noon, and he's with a woman all by himself, and there's so much scandal there for the guys to come back and see this. Uh, in fact, this woman calls him out on that a little bit. So there is a, uh, would you say, a supposed scandal there as well. Um, people think all kinds of things about scandals and needs and desires uh, to keep themselves uh, from having these great problems. Um, and and they're, they're a lot of times just wrong. Uh, you may have seen that for yourself on occasion where you think you need something and you didn't really, and then you didn't get it and you find out you didn't need it. Uh, uh, you, do, you do things to get stuff that you think you need though. And a lot of times it's not great what you do. Um, but your, your misconceptions and your misperceptions, they're, they're part of the human limitation. They're part of the corruption of sin. And, and sometimes, well, y'all get it wrong, just like I do. This lady's in deep with supposed need that bring her to sin. All of us do the same thing. Now you probably uh, sitting here don't think of yourself as a Samaritan woman at a well uh, in the middle of the day because you had eight husbands. Um, I think that's probably a safe bet <laughs> for any of you, but uh, you probably have done smaller things because of bad perception of things and uh, acquired supposed desires when you didn't particularly need them or to keep yourself happy or to keep yourself out of trouble or to keep yourself from dying or whatever. You'll do almost anything you need to do to get what you want according to those perceived needs and sin follows after you like a lion. And if you're dealing with death more than any other kind of need, then you're going to be willing to sin beyond belief just like that. Uh, sin does that. Takes hold of you. Often makes you see things that aren't. Uh, the, the corruption demands it. And all of the things that you do to get the things that you want, that you sin to get and think you need, all of those lead all the more to death. The wages of sin is death. There's no escaping it. So sinning to escape death doesn't actually accomplish anything. So there we are. This woman had a real need for water. I, you know, everybody got to have that. I should tell her, usually when people say they need a drink of water, I tell them, you know, everybody that drinks water dies. But, you know, that's a little silly because you still need water. Uh, and, and God had provided for her in this incident because Jacob was there long ago and put a well there for his son Jacob, uh, Joseph. Uh, and the well was there, God knowing all the time that the well was going to be needed by her among many others. And there it was. God provided for her. But in her fears, she was sinning with men because she thought she needed to be provided for that way. And uh, well... It ended up resulting fear bringing her great shame. Her scandal was there. But all of her scandal aside, like you can just do that, 
still God came to her with living water in Jesus, which is beyond the water in the well, beyond the scandal that she has, beyond the sin that she perceives, beyond all of her problems. God came to her beside the well with living water in Christ. He came to Samaria, a place that somebody's going to fuss about. And he spoke to a Samaritan woman, which is also going to cause some fuss. And he did it when she was alone and, uh, and he was alone. And that is even more fuss. But all the perceived scandal there, there's no sin in it. Even if people think there is. I mean, that's all human scandal, but it's just perceived. Wrong again. He needed to be there because she needed him to be there. And he was there to bring her word of living water, which he himself is, or even better than that, you could say, water of life, which he most certainly is. Jesus is himself life. He was there at the well of that very day to rescue this lady. There, he being life, oddly enough, he goes to a cross, which is forgiveness for actual sinners, which this lady is, but also for all of you. If he did not go, there'd be no living water and you would all be lost in your sins. But he came. At his rising from that death is, is what he calls the spring of water welling up to eternal life, which he has given you. Life-giving word in the work of the Holy Spirit that lives in you to bring you to faith, life-giving faith, encouragement, inspiration for good, all of those things on his behalf. It's just like it is for her, uh, an undeserved blessing. She was a profound sinner, and you also are, even though it's hard for you to see that sometimes. You know that it's true because you have heard it from your Lord, and you believe him, and you have said so. So you know it's true that it's an undeserved blessing that you would have Christ for yourself. These gifts are undeserved, yet in truth they are absolutely necessary. The sacrifice and the life of one who hung on a cross of shame, of scandal, yet again, if you will, all done to save you. Again, you hear from Romans 8. We, you talked about Romans 8 last week, which was kind of awesome, actually. I'm going to throw this out there again because it was kind of awesome. It applies yet still. She didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But if God gave up the life of his son for you, how will he not also along with him, along with him for you, generously give you all things? If he will give up the life of his son for you, everything that you need will be answered all of it from the life that you live now to the life that you'll live in eternity every need is answered in Christ uh, I was thinking about this stuff that she did stuff that I've done stuff that all of you have done although I don't know the details please don't tell me <laughs> Uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, I had an aunt that passed away. And she was kind of a big deal to me. Um, larger than life, really. When I was a little boy, I used to spend a lot of time 
with her and the family. I had a bunch of cousins in the house, and we would always go there when I went to visit with grandparents. I don't know why she put up with us. I really don't know why she put up with me, because I know I was a pain in the neck. And, and just as an example, uh, one of the days that I was there, I saw that they had a, a little stash of candy in a drawer in the kitchen. And I thought that looked pretty good, so I decided to raid the stash. And I was in there two or three times that day, and then she caught me. Now, I figured a lady like her, I mean, she was pretty tough. It's my mother's sister. She has to be tough, or they'd all, all been crushed utterly from my mother. But uh, she caught me, but I expected anger. I didn't get any. She says to me, what are you doing? All that I have is yours. That's what she said to me. All that I have is yours. Sounded a little bit like something divine. Uh, she said there's no, no reason to sneak. Uh, it was stunning. Uh, all of God's heaven and earth, he says you are heirs to it, even now. Sinners that you are, yet forgiven. He sees you that way as his own children. All of heaven and earth is yours. Eternal life is yours because of what Jesus has accomplished at the cross and after with the spirit that lives in you. Uh, when you look across all of that and contemplate sinning, you should consider that you actually have no reason whatsoever to fear anything. You have no reason to fear loss. You have no reason to fear death. You have no reason to fear anyone because God is your advocate. If he's on your team and Christ has achieved everything that you need to not only inherit heaven and earth, but also to have life eternal. Fear not, all is in God's hand. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.